Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR analytics dashboard that's keeping all of you HR and people leaders out of manual, tedious, and time-consuming spreadsheets. That's right. We've heard your cries. We've heard you complain and vent about having to do reporting by pulling messy spreadsheets from all these different HR systems and trying to build a pivot table. And you're asking yourself, what is a pivot table? Well, Look no further for a better solution because we have built Employee Cycle for you, an HR analytics dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. Simply connect your HR systems to Employee Cycle and you get an out-of-the-box, real-time HR analytics dashboard that not only gives you pre-built templates, but also you can build custom metrics and will help you with your own data quality. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out. We'd love to give a demo and explore how we can help automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company today, because we have an awesome guest for the show. So please help me welcome to the podcast, Amanda Beaver. She's the HR director at Albert Hotel. And today we're talking about how to quickly build a team and culture from the ground up. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Go, Amanda! Thanks for having me, Bruce. I appreciate it. Of course. So, Amanda, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? It's a great question. Um, So, I built my career in the hospitality industry, started out um, serving and bartending and really working those kind of, I call them the worker bee roles kind of getting in, get, getting in and getting my hands dirty. And as I was building my career in that space, um, I realized that I had a real heart and passion for um, training and helping the folks around me learn how to um, do things more effectively and more efficiently. Training and development became my heart and passion. And training and development really um, led me into HR. Uh, I started recruiting, hiring, onboarding, um, working the benefit side with folks. And, um, now I find myself here, you know, director of HR at this, this great hotel and, um, kind of just built it from the ground up. So worked, worked from the worker B role to, um, to now here. And so it's, it's been an exciting, exciting little journey for sure. Awesome. And thank you for sharing that backstory. So today we're talking about how to quickly build a team and culture from the ground up And in the prep for this, you shared some really interesting stats about how quickly you need to scale up a workforce for this new hotel. So I would love for you to share with our audience, how many people are you looking to hire pretty quickly and in what time frame? Absolutely. So we started our sourcing and recruiting efforts this month. Our hotel opens in May, May 1st, our hotel opens. Uh, We are a full-service hotel, so that means we have a 109-room boutique-style hotel along with two restaurants, um, a a hotel bar, a standalone saloon, and a mercantile. And so by May, May 1st, we have to hire 250 people to staff all of these um, different outlets. And so 
you know, when we first um, settled on on our topic of building a quick culture and team, it, it's not always the most ideal way you want to do things is, is quickly, right? But there there is a time and a place where it becomes necessary and it becomes important. And so having the the, the framework to be able to do that is, is vital. So just to give a quick timestamp for those who are going to listen to this very far in the future, today is December... 6, 2022. And Amanda, you said you need to hire 250 people by May 2023. May 1st, 2023. <laughs> so, that's, so that's roughly five, six months to hire 250 people to make sure that they're the best people, the right people, they're interviewed correctly, background checks potentially, they have the skills, they understand their job. That's a lot of work. Yes, sir. It, it is. It's a. It, it's a task that when you kind of view it in those terms is super daunting. Um, and you know, you asked me previously what keeps me up at night. Um, sometimes, sometimes these things keep me up at night. It's like this is this is a huge, huge job. But I think it's really important that we know whenever we have a time crunch like this in um, in HR and especially in a hiring environment. There's, there's a way we can do it quickly, and then there's the way that we can do it quickly and like effectively. And really, um, you know, we don't want to hire 250 people to have to turn around and hire, hire them all again in a couple of years because of turnover or other issues. So I, I guess the, the question I've been facing is how do you really make sure that those hires, even though they have to happen quickly, are effective? Will you be sleeping for the next six months? <laughs> you know what? I will be sleeping as soon as I hire my leadership team. Um, I think I think I'll be sleeping okay, but um, not as much as as I'm used to, probably. <laughs> Got it. All right. So, speaking of leadership team, and also your previous comment about trying to make this as thoughtful of a process as possible, is that where it starts? Does it start? by hiring the leadership team so that it's not all on you, but you have leaders across the organization that are now taking on doing some of the hiring and the recruiting and the screening. What's the first step of trying to build a team and not just a team, but a culture very quickly in this short time frame that you have? Absolutely. And that's a great question. I would say that that is the second step. Um, the first step in in my process has been to, you know, when you're in this situation, there is upper leadership involved. So you have some sort of, of structure team in, in my world, it's my GM and I, before we ever hire anyone, my GM and I have to be on the same page. We have to be sure of our mission, sure of our vision, sure of the behaviors that we want to, um, encouraged to meet our mission and vision. So step one for us was a whiteboard session with he and I, um, where we wrote down, uh, we spent about four hours together and we wrote down anything and everything that was important to us. And we kind of cohesively tied everything together with a mission statement, a vision statement and the behaviors to, to match. And I think for anyone looking to scale a team quickly, if you can get those three things down, spend the four hours 
the six hours, the eight hours, whatever it's going to take to make sure that you have a clear vision of what you're looking for. Because then when you go in to hire your leadership and you go in to hire other folks for your team, there's already a criteria that you're, that you know that these folks have to meet. And, you know, it was interesting because earlier you, you talked about how we have to hire not only folks that, you know, are qualified and pass the background check and all that, but also that have the skill set. And I think it's really important to remember that there are certain things that can, that can be taught skill set wise. Um, I can teach someone how to mise a table, um, or remise a table. Um, I can teach someone how to, you know, properly greet a hotel guest, but I, I, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it is much harder to teach someone how to have a positive attitude in the workplace, how to live their life with purpose and wake up every day and be excited to chase that purpose. And when we are hiring, those are really the, the non-negotiables for us. And so, you know, for other teams that might be different. I, I did come from the tech industry prior to this. Um, I, I spent, had a stint there. Um, and there are some times where that technical skill set, you know, if you're hiring a, a developer, you, you have to know somebody, you have to hire somebody that can, that has the skill set to write in whatever coding language you're, you're looking for. But when it comes to hospitality, I truly believe that looking for individuals with the heart and the passion for it is much more effective than just looking for a straight skill set or experience. That's awesome to hear that you have such a comprehensive view and strategy around hiring the team and making sure that they're covering all of these things that you need them to have in not only their work style, but their work ethic and their experience and just personal characteristics and traits that they need. But I'm curious, as you're trying to optimize for this vision that you set for the workforce and the culture, what types of things did you have in place to be able to tease that out? And how do you do that effectively in such a short period of time? We were lucky in that we do have a parent company, um, our property management company, New Waterloo, which is phenomenal, that already had a corporate-wide mission and vision in place. And so whenever you're building a team off of a team, you know, any vision and mission that we have or any team that we're trying to build has to fit into that vision and mission as well. And so, you know, when trying to build a team quickly, if you don't have a parent company that it maybe has that structure in place, maybe look around at the leaders in your industry. I also did a lot of that. I, I went and I looked at the mission and the vision statements of hotels that we want to be like, um, of cultures, even outside of the hospitality industry that we want to uh, foster within our teams. And I, I think um, one thing I've learned in this industry is we should all be lifelong learners and we should be coachable and teachable and we should be sponges. So as much as you can soak up, if you know somebody in your industry that you know, has a, has a great track record, ask them. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help, ask for advice on, Hey, what, what should I really be looking for in these team, team members that I'm hiring? And, you know, we talked about step two early or a little bit ago about, you know, step, how my step two is hiring leadership in place that supports those things. And if you have a good idea for yourself, what, what you are, what your standards are, 
for, and your hiring criteria are for the leadership team you're hiring. Um, once you go into those conversations, it's easy to figure out who of those people are lifelong learners and coachable and committed to changing and who are, and those who are really just kind of stuck in their ways. Um, maybe think that they've been around the block once or two and they know all there is to know. And those are the folks that at least for my team, I I'm kind of, um, wishing well and hoping that they find a great next position because I think there are, are times and places for that, but, um, it's not what, what we're looking to do. And so if we really want to be, if we really want to effectively streamline hiring 250 people, it means replicating this passion for our mission and vision and culture that my GM and I have established spreading it to others and knowing and trusting that they will carry, carry that out with our hires. If that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. I actually did a previous podcast interview with someone who basically said they, their wish for the future of HR is that the speed dating aspect of recruiting is removed. And what they meant by that is, so many recruiters and talent acquisition professionals on their team were forced to these very short metrics that they had to prioritize their work around. And that's how they were measured in regards to how well they did. And also that's how they were rewarded. And so for them, it was all about time and speed to hire. But what came from that is potentially not doing all of the things that they potentially should have kept in the interviewing process, or maybe it wasn't as thoughtful, or there weren't as many interviews because they were held to this time to hire standard. So as you mentioned, communicating with your team and also trying to replicate that same passion and being strict around the vision and culture of the organization, trying to pass that down to all the rest of the team who's hiring, how do you balance the two between that plus having them actually hire within a specific time frame? You know, that's a great, a great question. And, and I really um, like what you brought up about your previous guest. You know, what I will say is when we are interviewing candidates, they are interviewing us. And so if we, we need to be cognizant, I think of the things that we cut out of the interview process, because that is sending a direct message to our candidates, telling them what is important to us. And if we prioritize speed above all else and just this, I guess, um, just put, I, I hate to use the term putting butts in seats, but, but that's kind of a term we use in recruiting a lot. If we, if we prioritize that mentality, that is what we are portraying to our people is important to us. So I think what's really important in being able to balance those two effectively is to make the most of each interview um, and get as much out of each interview as, as we possibly can. So where I am not a fan of multiple step interviews for hourly positions, um, I am a fan of a very thorough interview process. Um, I think that if we're going to interview someone, let's invite them out to the property. Let's make sure that during that interview, they get to do everything that they need to do. Uh, maybe walk the site talk to anybody that they would report to, um, talk to, um, you know, other, even other colleagues that they would be working with. Let's give them as much of a feel as possible. 
I think that sometimes we fall into this, um, this trap of like, well, if they need to talk to more people, then, then we need them to accommodate our schedule. But that's, that's not the case. I, I am, I am a full advocate for hiring days. If you have to, to hire, have your team, um, as an HR manager, set your team up for success, call them in in the morning, bring them breakfast, make sure they've got coffee, make sure they've got lots of, uh, you know, cards to, to carry them through the day and set the expectation early and say, Hey, today we are focused on hiring people. We are going to be here from nine in the morning till 5 PM until we hire the folks that we need to hire. So everyone, we need to be present in this moment. And I know that's hard. I know that there are outside factors that happen. Um, I've, I've run these hiring events with a hotel that was up and running and, you know, you have other outlets to cover and things of that nature. But if you, set the expectation far enough in advance and equip people to be equipped, your, equip your leadership to be able to find coverage for those areas when you need them. I, I've seen it be incredibly successful. Um, and it really makes the difference for the associates who automatically get the idea that, Hey, this, this team is serious about what they're doing here and, and they're proud of what they're doing here. And I want to be a part of that. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that thoughtful answer. Amanda, last question for you. I'm sure not all of the guests or all of the people listening to this will have to hire this many people in such a short period of time. But I'm also pretty sure that there are some people out there who will listen and they either are thinking about doing something like this or they're in the beginning stages of needing to hire a lot of people in a very short period of time. Based off of where you are in the process, are there any last words that you would like to share in regards to what they should or could be doing to make this process easier for them and help them potentially avoid some of the bumps in the road that you have already went through, if any? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that question. Hiring our teams in the most effective way starts with us. So my encouragement to everyone looking to hire quickly, whether it be one person that they need quickly or 20,000 people that they need quickly, reevaluate your job description. Make sure that whatever you're posting is not a copy paste of the same description that you've been using for the last five years. That is vanilla. That doesn't give the get, that doesn't give the applicant a real sense of what their day-to-day will look like. Be as specific as possible. If, if I read a job description, I should be able to tell you, even if I've never, even if I've never seen that job in action, I should be able to tell you what that person is going to be doing. Um, if they're going to be in a leadership role, that needs to be, that needs to be evident. If they are going to be, you know, expected to work a certain number of hours that needs to be, to be put. And I think sometimes we're a little bit vague about these things. I'm a huge proponent of advertising job salary. Let's not waste anybody's time. We don't want to, you know, hire folks anyways that are are going to maybe take a role that's less than what they need to make just to to find a job. Let's be transparent. Let's be clear. Let's set the expectations and the tone early so that when we get these folks in, we've established, again, we're giving them the first taste of ourselves as a company. So if we're specific at the beginning and we set our expectations and we expect those expectations to be met, they can expect that throughout their, their hiring process. Um, and the same goes for qualifications. If you need someone absolutely 100% to have a bachelor's degree in computer science, put that on your, your application. 
if that is not a necessity, let's get more creative with our job descriptions. Um, rather than I need someone with a degree in computer science, let's talk about I need someone with five years of Kubernetes experience, X amount of years of, of this experience. And, and I think if we do that, it, it creates this, it, it eliminates a lot of uh, that work of going through unqualified candidates or trying to make candidates who don't fit in those criteria fit for the sake of time. And it really gives ourselves and our recruiting teams a very clear idea of what they need to do in order to find this person or this group of people for this role. If you're not equipping your team with that information, then you can't expect them to come back successful. Amanda, thank you so much for that. And I'm sure anyone who is either thinking about going through a similar process or has already started a similar process would greatly appreciate all that you shared today. So thank you so much for being such an awesome Employee Cycle podcast guest. Thanks so much, Bruce. (laughs) I appreciate you taking time to to speak with me and this has been a lot of fun. Of course. Yes, it has. So Amanda, where can people find you and Albert Hotel online? So you can visit alberthotel.com and in um, May of 2023, we would love to see you out in Fredericksburg, Texas. If you love wine and you love um, great hospitality, come out and see us. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that contact info in the show notes. So for all of you listeners out there who enjoyed listening to this podcast episode as much as Amanda and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.